Well, this evening, I'm pleased to be sat on the sofa with Ben Thompson. Now, Ben is preparing to leave Froomside to pursue his ministry call. So, yes, Ben is still with us. He hasn't gone yet. No. <laughs> so, hello, Ben. Hello. <laughs> Before we chat about your next steps, I would like to ask you about the theme of this evening's Magnify service mm -hmm. and your choice of Psalm 46. Oh, I didn't realise it was my choice. Obviously, I wasn't paying attention when I chose it. <laughs> but no, we are talking about Psalm 46 tonight, and it's a psalm which has been with me for a long, long time. I mean, we're going to hear Candice speak later, and within that psalm, we have great verses like, Be still and know that I am God. I mean, I think I first heard variations on Be still in the different choruses with that in when I was a babe in arms. So those choruses were already floating around by that point. Um, but I sort of later on in life, it's been something that's carried with me. I was telling Julia when we were preparing for this evening, for those of you who don't know, I did a music degree, which was half the time pretending to practice in the practice room and the other half I actually had to do some work. <laughs> and when I was in my third year, I did a research project on uh, what we call a lost <coughs> British composer called a guy called John Fords, who wrote this gargantuan piece of music, two hours long, and it was written for the original Festival of Remembrance in the Royal Albert Hall. And the second movement of that is based around the words of Psalm 46. And so I had to write my dissertation about the combination of theology and music making in that. It's quite fascinating because he takes what on surface value is quite a positive and quite a calm psalm. And he makes it sound all sorts of aggressive until you get to this point where the choir all scream out, God is our refuge and strength. And then all of a sudden this one baritone solo is kind of, he said, be still and know that I am God. The over orchestra behind him, whilst the choir and they were singing have about, well, they have more musicians than we can fit in this room <laughs> accompanying them. So it's, it's been with me in my spiritual life. It's been with me in my music studies has been with me in my music professional life as short as that was mercifully for the people of the planet. Right, well thank you Ben for that. So how have these verses affected your two years at Froomside Benefice? <laughs> Those who know me very well will know that I'm not particularly very good at being still. In fact I was regularly told off aged 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 29 for fidgeting <laughs> and I still fidget now. Being still is not my strong suit and so Psalm 46 when it comes up both in our liturgies, in our pattern of prayer, when we sing the various courses that take Psalm 46 as their inspiration always serves as a really positive and helpful reminder just to stop. I, I, I love there's one translation I say translation, there's one paraphrase of Psalm 46 which translates to be still as stop it. <laughs> stop it. Know that I'm God. Stop trying to do everything. Right. Be still. There was something else you said before that we had in this practice. Was there? Substantial changes that's happened in your yes. life. Well, there's not, been lots of substantial changes <laughs> in my life in the last few years. Would you like to say, share with us what it is? <laughs> um, I had me panicked for a second then. I mean, being still is particularly challenging when you become a parent. And those of you who are here will all know Emily Jane, more or less. And she's very, not, very good at being not still. She's a wiggle bottom. <laughs> she's seven and a half months old. And sort of finding the time to 
rest in God's presence by yourself to have an individual relationship when you've got the demands of caring for a human who can't care for themselves is a huge demand and actually without the reminder that God is our refuge and strength I think I'd probably go mad (laughs) but I truly believe that God is our refuge and strength and that's the thing that gives me the strength when it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm absolutely at my wits end because we've been up for two hours trying to get this baby to sleep <laughs> that's one of those verses that keeps me going yes you've still turned centered. up the next morning still turned up the on next Sunday morning. nights on Sunday mornings yes. you? it's, uh, you're very reliable <laughs> so the discernment process for you has been quite varied hasn't it would you say it was it's been long <laughs> it's been very long um I mean my so most people know that I came into the Fruitside Benefice and into the Ministry Experience Scheme, as it's now called. Seamies is dead, long live mess. Um, <laughs> Does anybody know what that means? <laughs> I think you need to explain that. Well, the Ministry Experience Scheme, which is a, a, normally a one-year um, internship, for want of a better word. Mm. It's a bit more than that, um, but it's an opportunity for young people, which means under 30 in the Church of England's case, to explore what their vocation might be. So um, I did one year and they said that I needed to try harder and they gave me a second year to do it better. <laughs> um, but I came into the, the Ministry Experience Scheme from the Salvation Army where I had spent my entire life. I was born as a child to ministry parents in the Salvation Army. Um, I grew up in that context. And so when I heard the call, for want of a better phrase, sat in Bristol Cathedral in full Salvation Army uniform preparing to, to lead a concert as a musical director as I was then, um, it came as something of a bit of a shock. <laughs> something a bit out of the ordinary, but sort of the idea that I would become an Anglican and the idea that I would take on elements particularly of that Catholic spirituality, to me at that point, would have been completely unthinkable. So to come from that Salvationist background, to offer myself a ministry in the wrong denomination inverted commas I mean it's the right denomination for me God has made that perfectly clear but if, if you think about it from that perspective it's been a very long and very journey coming from somewhere outside the Church of England in an internship in the Church of England learning ministry at the coalface in the Church of England and then going through the normal channels a bishop's advisory panel vocational advisors and now with the lofty title of Alderland, which doesn't particularly mean very much apart from that, I've got to do as I'm told now. <laughs> but going back to when your highlights of this um, role mm. you've had in Froomside, we take you back to this, because lots of people won't know actually what your role was. When I was talking to you beforehand, you explained it a little bit more to me, even though I've worked with you closely the last two years. It's still, I think some people might be interested to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I said when we were talking about it is I'm still not sure what my role is and I've been here for two years. <laughs> but actually, the, the genius of the Ministry Experience Scheme is that the job description is built around the candidate, not matching the candidate to a job description. So I was very fortunate that in Malcolm, it's somebody who's very good at discerning what individual strengths and weaknesses are, where they have areas for development, where they have things that they can do immediately to help enhance the life of our churches. So that, for me, has looked like 
building a, a relationship with a secondary school, having been a secondary school teacher, has been trying to create something of a benefice music group, which we've had this evening in our worship, going into the primary schools, doing assemblies, supporting the clergy, whether those be the stipendry or LRMs like yourself, and lots and lots and lots of typing reports and research. I think I've typed about three quarters of the amount that Sarah contributed for her PhD. <laughs> so lots of research and lots of typing, but there has been um, projects which people will be aware doubtless that are staring what we're doing as a, a benefit and helping guide us into the next few years. You're still smiling, aren't you? I'm still, still smiling. <laughs> still smiling. And, and, and whilst it can be a solitary job having to do research, be out in the community individually, not representing the church directly in a normal way, or to certain office typing, actually, to be given the responsibility and the privilege to effectively help guide mm. our strategy as a group of churches. That's, that's a huge responsibility, but a huge privilege. Not every ministry experience scheme candidate would get to do that. Not every curate would get to do that. Mm. So I, I'm very grateful. I'm very aware of the privilege. I'm very aware of the responsibility. Is that the high, would you say that was the highlight of your time? Oh, would I say that's the highlight? Pretty difficult. I know there's been lots of really special moments, hasn't there, for you? I mean, there's been so many special moments. I mean, our young people, when pilgrimage, and particularly in our worship in Salisbury Cathedral, was absolutely (coughs) phenomenal. Um, Having great colleagues in Sarah and Mary previously was absolutely amazing. There was the Axe Freedom Youth event that we put together, Mm. which we did on a missionary level. There's been times of prayer. And then sometimes Sunday morning parish communion in itself has been a highlight. I don't think I've shed as many tears as I have done in parish communions in this benefit in services before coming here. Right. Gosh. Because I truly believe that communion is a sacred moment where Mm. heaven and earth touches. Mm. I really believe that with all my heart. And so I can't deny that being a highlight because it fundamentally has been a highlight, especially coming in from a church which doesn't celebrate the Eucharist in any form. Mm. It's been a real blessing yeah, to be able to imagine that. partake in that. Yes. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, it's really good. So, what, can you say what the difference is between the training you've received here to train as a musician? <laughs> so, as I alluded to the music before, um, I trained as a percussionist in my undergraduate. I then trained as an orchestral and opera conductor um, for two years and did some work with that freelance and I had some youth orchestras and stuff. And when you're training to be a musician, the first fact of life is, is that there are about 70 people queuing up behind you to do your job. You're totally dispensable, which means that you have to be really interesting. You have to be somebody that people want to work with you have to be charismatic, you have to be dynamic, you have to be organised, you have to have command of any situation, and least of all, you have to be very good at what you do. (laughs) And it's a whole circumstance which actually means that it's a good breeding ground for ego. You know, particularly if you're being trained to be a soloist or to be an orchestra conductor, everything that happens when you're in the room is about you. If you're the orchestra conductor, it's your decision. 
it's your view and you have responsibility but you also have command of up to 200 musicians sat in front of you um, and so that breeds a view where you can get really quite self-centred in what's going on mm. and not only that but you can get away with a lot of things that under British employment law you shouldn't be able to get away with <laughs> you can become very aggressive you can be overly assertive um, and it's no secret that there were situations when I was in college where rehearsals cello players were found in the corridors crying because of the way that I treated them. Um, it's all very much about you, the individual. Now, when doing something like the Ministry Experience Scheme, and I'm sure I will find out whilst I'm in college, whilst as an individual there's a lot of focus on you, <laughs> it's all about humility. Yes. It's all about it service. Yes. I'm going to theological college to train to be ordained as a deacon. And if the church is still mad enough to keep me on after that, they might ordain me as priest, but I will still remain a deacon. I will be a servant of the church. I mean, whilst I've been here, the, the motto that I've kept playing through my mind is that I'm training to be, well, I'm training for training to be a deacon. Therefore, I'm servant to the servants. And I've tried to, not in a sort of self, sort of hitting yourself on the back with cat nine tails whip situation but I've tried to place myself at sort of the lowest of the low because my role is to serve the people of the benefice to serve the ministry team to serve the people who live in this area so it's a very different thing when you sort of the ministry scheme is built around the individual but it's not about the individual at the same time it's about no. the kingdom of God it's about the church it's about the people. It's a very good description. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So on to the next one. What links have you identified between work as a teacher to work in here? Oh, I mean, just every, every now and again having to confiscate a mobile phone during a service, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had to do anything quite like that. Um, I mean, it's... Are there any links? No, there are links for certain because... There's certain situations when you're teaching where things come left field and you're stood in front of a group of 30 people and you've got to deal with that situation. And that, that can happen whilst you're stood at the front <laughs> leading services, say, like Magnify, for example. Yes. Or on a Sunday <laughs> morning where things come left field and you have to manage mm. that situation. But it's also about the preparation. It's about the depth. And I say in teaching, that's a depth of knowledge. I think in ministry, that's both a depth of knowledge and a depth of faith and spirituality in equal measure. I think without that depth, actually, you're not well equipped to do what is going on with the church. I think it's possible to do it, but harder. The same way in the classroom, if you don't have that depth of knowledge, you're going to struggle. <laughs> you're going to struggle. I mean, I ended up teaching science because of staff shortages for 13 months, and I did not have a depth of knowledge not being qualified as a scientist, and that was very much hard work. Amazing. Well, I speak on behalf of the ministry team and the congregation who valued your discernment and friendly disposition, I've got to say that, and ability to put your hand to many tasks. You certainly have. I'm sorting microphones and sound systems at St Michael's. Mm -hmm. Usually my microphone, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, encouraging um, connections to the school, you've done that as well. Producing surveys and the music, 
Gosh, and this goes on and on. Yes. And also making cups of tea. Yes. <laughs> and another cake. The most important. Yes. <laughs> and of course, sharing your daughter with us, yeah. which is very, very special. You've got to really thank you, Ben. So as we come to the end of our chat, I could go and talk to you all night, actually. <laughs> I think we all like to listen to you, but we can't. Because we've gone on to the rest of the service, which is really important for yes. you, Candice, and the rest of us, actually. So the question now is, is it goodbye, Ben? Well, this is, this is the, the good news. It's a limited good news. It's not goodbye full stop forever because St Michael's in particular within the benefice is my sending parish. That means that that link between myself and the Fumside Benefice and for Sarah and Emily Jane, that's going to be sustained now forever. This is, this is home in many ways. And so when it comes to the point of ordination, there will be invitations coming out to people from the Fumside Benefice saying, come along when the sort of, when, if the first Mass comes along, there'll be invitations to everyone saying, please come along, the same that when Bob did his first Eucharist, people came up from the cathedral to support him. So this isn't the end and this isn't goodbye. Yes, I'm not going to be sat in the office more days a week than I care to talk about that people can just kind of find me there. <laughs> but it's not goodbye, it's not the end. So we'll have bulletins, we'll wait to find out how oh, you're getting on, how yes. your going. And yes. Yeah, well, family are getting on. Yeah, and social media is very good for this sort it of is, thing, isn't I'm told. It? Yes. <laughs> we'll be signing to Facebook after this tonight. So be assured of our prayers in Ben and Sarah and MJ, you call her, yeah. um, as you move house and you train towards an ordination. And the challenges it brings, it will bring with it, <laughs> I can speak from experience. And from Psalm 46 to finish, may God always be your strength and refuge, your present help in, signs of, in times of trouble. We hope you won't have too many of those. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And don't forget, you can get in contact with us on Facebook and on Twitter. And we'll also find us on Instagram. Oh, yes, Instagram, yes. And on our website, which is yateparish.org. Don't forget, this is an interactive show, so we really value your comments. So put your comments on SoundCloud or any other platform that you're listening to, and we'll get back to you. And we look forward to joining you next time. Thank you.